0: We outplayed them in the third period. We just... They talk about we're not a skating team. We can't move the puck. We have no finesse. That's crazy. Uh, we outskated them in the ground in the third period. Question. And, um, uh, oh. There should have been four or five penalties, blatant penalties. And should have been two or three suspensions. Um, am I hot? Yeah, I'm hot. Because I'm tired, tired of people taking shots at Canadian hockey. And... Uh, <laughs> When we do it, we're hooligans, and when Europeans do it, it's okay because they're not tough or they're not dirty. That's a crock of crap. Hey, if you want to talk about hockey, you're going to talk about the Canadians. We're the biggest story down here in hockey, (laughs) and uh, they're loving us, uh, uh, not doing well. They loved us the start we had. It's a big story for them. You know, it's such a crock of bull. That's a crock of crap. Crack a 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 bull.
1: Hey buddy. Ah, <laughs> oh, well done. I thought you like that. amazing. One of the greatest like uh promos
2: ever. Really it was. Such a good promo. I was I was inspired by my trip to the Hall of Fame today. Oh. So, I was like, "Oh yeah, it brought back so many memories." Cuz I think Not I crazy. I think I did go once uh I don't know in the last uh, seven or eight years, but my last memorable time at the hockey Hall of Fame was in uh, two thousand and
1: two. Oh, well, immediately following the gold medal win.
2: Yes, we we're there after we the had Looney
1: There, we got to touch it
2: after the crock of bull. And speech. Uh,
1: Sammy Joe's pads were there, which was great. <laughs>
2: That's a crock of bull. <laughs> it's
1: a crock of crap. That's good. I I, I enjoyed that intro. You you uh, you um you outdid yourself.
2: I did, and now, we, by the way, now going forward on the soundboard, which we barely use.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Oh, what the hell! Oh, I come on! It down. Oh man, Dude. that's a crock of crap. <laughs> <laughs> we could use that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's a crock of crap. So, anyways,
1: <laughs> so good. You could just play that for an hour.
2: It, it's it's Wait, pretty much key. pretty much describes our show.
1: You know what, though, that um, I remember at the time being like, "What's he doing?" And you know. That was fantastic. <laughs> Just a great rant. Such a good promo. All puts all the media on him for like three or four days. It was awesome. So good.
2: And, so good. You know, he he was mad. And by the way, he sounded so much like like uh, Jets fans. He's like, yes, that should have been the suspension.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he should have been fine. The funny fined. thing about that was was that that cross check was pretty vicious on I, Flurry in front of the net in, yep. the, in the Czech Republic game. Jesus. Whoa. Right in the back of the neck. Disgusting.
2: <laughs> that that that's a crock of bull. <laughs> a crock of bull because
1: it, it, <laughs> it's a big crock full of bull.
2: I mean, you know that the stone has uh, has laid some massive swears just you know on the ice and stuff. Yep. But I, I like the idea that that that's that's the worst he can muster up.
1: Well, you know, Wayne Gretzky always knew. He always knew where he was <laughs> on the ice and off the ice. That guy was uh, was a consummate media professional.
2: So, you know, that's a, that's a crock of bull right there. <laughs> the Anyways, uh, Medicine Sleepover. Episode 19. It is. And uh, it is... How do we
1: last this long? I don't know. I think it's just by pure willpower and having enough things to talk
2: about. And now you're sitting out in uh, the cold. I am. I got the car running
1: right now. I'm going to be shutting her down in a little bit. I got the... Uh... I, this is this is about might be the last time minus four, uh, out here in Winnipeg, uh, s- snow all over the fucking place. I gotta say, is there? Oh yeah, oh I, yeah.
2: I didn't realize. It's that. like
1: we're we're it's winter. Like you come here, there's snow everywhere. Oh wow, plows are all out, big mountains of snow in fucking parking lots. No, it's it's not like massive amounts of snow,
2: but it's good coverage. I think that there's supposed to be a dusting here this weekend, but it's still not consistently a dusting. Yeah. Uh, well, still you like know, in Toronto, that
1: dusting will be a big deal.
2: But they are, they are, uh, today they were, they had the little Zamboni, uh, flooding the ice over at old Nell Lastman Square. Nice. <laughs> getting ready for some skating.
1: Yeah, they got, they got the outdoor rinks here getting ready. They're putting the boards up at Dakota and shit. It's good.
2: So it's a, it's a good time.
1: Yeah, so I'm out here in the little parking lot, right in front of Licks Ice Cream Patio. They're doing, uh, Reynolds here. It's quite a nice looking strip mall with the new, uh, with the new, uh. The new the new work they've done, but uh, there's gondola, pies going in and out. So this strip mall you know, another used, good night
2: used, for them. This strip mall used to have a Max. Yep, we haven't really talked about that Max. We haven't. There was there well, used to be it. there used to be there was also an Fye video. Uh, well, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, there was an Fye video there, and uh, there was a um, Fye four year entertainment. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And a laundromat and. Than good old Max, which yeah. closed, and th- that Max, when we did our regular Friday night outing, that was the Max where we'd stop off for the Slurpee on the way to my place.
1: Yeah. So, so what we
2: would do is we'd first go to Pick a Pop, because at Pick a Pop down down
1: St. Mary's, um, had had twenty five cent bags of chips that were expired, <laughs> and so, so we buy- get a, like we get four bags each of like Hostess. <laughs> You know the little goblins on it? You remember the hostess chips with the goblin characters? Yep. (laughs) And we'd play some bids. And there was a guy that worked there that would always talk about how great his his alarm system was. And so we used to also, we would go late at night and set his alarm off by pulling our car up in front of the store. It would all set the alarm off. And then we'd go drive across the street and watch.
2: And we wait. At least came for the in the, the amount of time
1: that he said they would, and they never did.
2: No, because all it was was uh, like a warning system, essentially. Yeah, so
1: he, he would brag to us and say, "Yeah, this alarm system. The cops come within, 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 within five minutes or whatever." He also. And so, he and also. So we had would a, test it out.
2: He also had a gumball machine, and yeah. in the gumball machine, you'd put a quarter in for the gumball, and if you got a gumball of a certain like certain colors, we'd get you prizes, or yeah. or you just get a gumball. And so, at one point, either way, you win. At one point, uh, I got a gumball, and it was for like a video game or something. Like that's yeah. what I won. So he gave me a quarter, <laughs> even though I put a quarter in the fucking machine to get the gumball in the first place. It's like, well, if I wanted to play the video game, Anyways. yeah, but you got the gum. Oh, did you have to give the gumball? Yeah, back? you had to give the gumball back. <laughs>
1: I fucking forgot that shit. Yeah, there's that was the, the pick a pop prick.
2: Yeah, and there was no profit to be had by by winning at the game.
1: <laughs> and you ended up with no fucking gum. That's terrible.
2: Yeah, so, uh... so we do
1: that, and then we come over to the Britannica Max.
2: Now, at, at at the time, you had a car, and I would sometimes drive my mom's car, and sometimes I'd dad, drive my dad's truck. And at yep. the time, uh, my dad got uh, a new truck as well. Yep. So I guess for a period of time we showed up uh with multiple vehicles. Yes, we did. Because the two quotes that we remember from the guy that worked at Max. Yep. Number 1 was he would call us Mr. Hogan. Because, because we, were, we always
1: bought got wrestling pogs.
2: We'd get wrestling we'd look at the wrestling magazines and we would get wrestling pogs. Yep. with our slurpees. And then the other thing he would comment is he'd say different car every time. Yeah. Because we showed up car- in a different vehicle.
1: Yeah, he liked us. And he so was we called dude. him Mister Hogan.
2: Yeah, and he called us Mister Hogan.
1: And there you go. It was all Mister. We'd say Mister Hogan, and we would go Mister Hogan, and we'd say it right back to him.
2: So that it was, was, and that
1: is a long gun. And that that right over there is where I had the giant barf <laughs> and the grass that died.
2: <laughs> when I, you... I
1: barfed. I barfed nacho cheese Doritos.
2: And there was all a big
1: grass beside Max and and for years it was all dead patch of grass
2: and there was a big pink stain and we would we would <laughs> yep. actually stop and like sometimes we'd drive by and be like you want to see it <laughs> <laughs> so bad like two idiots
1: yeah so that's that's we were the coolest guys clearly in 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 in, uh, in high school and post high school clearly as you'll find out as we go through these uh these uh podcasts
2: of course uh yeah. by, by the way um it's it's not a totally official yet keep keep your eye on at nez nine sleepover but I, I think i'm gonna use mixcloud to post the back catalog oh nice it's okay. just unlimited unlimited space and you you can only go there you can't download them but you can go there and listen so
1: that's good that, no that works
2: so just just so that you're aware um and so listeners. all the
1: people out there who want to save them for their archives they're like they what, do. what what how you did out this of luck. You'll have to contact us for more information. We'll 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 uh, we'll we'll put it on a series of CDs for you. <laughs> a big giant, big giant CD library.
2: Or we'll be super hip and we'll put them on cassette tape.
1: Oh well, yeah. Well, that's the thing now, Hank.
2: Yep. Get so cassettes again. We'll put them on cassettes. I think nice. you can still get cassettes at like Dollarama. So yeah, come on. We'll dub sure them. You can. <laughs> uh, so I went to the Hall of Fame today. You did in and you Toronto. Were, you were all over with the twets. It was amazing. I, I, well, I'm off. I'm off this week, so I was like, "Well, I'm going to go to the Hall of Fame, Hockey yep. Hall of Fame in Toronto," and uh, just there's so many things that are amusing in the Hall of Fame.
1: I, well, you know what? I didn't follow it all day. I was I was off work. I was with my son today, and um, so I, I I wasn't on Twitter. So I come back and I'm, I'm cooking supper, and so I'm, I'm, I get some time to to steal a look at the phone, and I see all this. So I went to your I went to your profile and I just scrolled through it. It was amazing. It was great.
2: I had a great day. Saw yeah. what did I see? Saw lots of old jerseys. Like they, you know what? Kudos to them. The Hockey Hall of Fame is a really nice, like a, a really nice uh, museum. Yep. Like I can only imagine all the shit that they have in storage because they 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 must have rotating displays. Because in the front area, they kind of have these displays that are about kind of the teams in different eras in hockey or different records but then they have another area where they'll have displays for different players but like yeah. o- obviously like for example the pat Lafontaine display that can't just be a permanent thing like
1: no it, no it wouldn't be i mean he would loan stuff right
2: yeah like the Gret, you know the gretzky and the Orr; those are obviously going to be pretty much permanent yeah but everything that's kind of surrounding it i think they kind of rotate in and out Yep. So had some Pat Lafontaine, Maurice Richard was up there. Oh. Uh, push or what? No, 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 no push, no push. Um, but uh, they had that. Then going into the Canadians' locker room, yeah. Then they had. Uh, I w- I thought I was hoping that I'd see a shoot man jersey. <laughs> yeah. No.
0: Sitting
2: up no, on okay. the uh, sitting up on the uh, as part of the jersey display, but it wasn't. So I had to find a picture of him in the old hall.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that's why you posted, that's why you tweeted uh,
2: Confiance. Of course. So they had this movie theater. It's like this 3D movie theater. Nice. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's a half an hour movie. I, I had no idea. I didn't read what it was. Just like, okay, it's probably some interactive thing or hockey highlights or who the fuck knows, right? Yep. It's like a little film. It's like a little film about this about these two groups of dudes that play hockey against each other at a rink. Okay. And they're like, they all come out with each team has their own little jerseys. The jerseys are numbered, but not named. But then they make reference to the player. So this guy's got a 99 Oilers jersey, but it doesn't have Gretzky on it. But then they're like, oh, you're Gretzky. Okay. <laughs> so don't know why they did that. But these two, they're like, we're going to play for the Stanley Cup. And uh, they have this. How old this, are these dudes? They're like in their thirties.
1: They're like Jets fans. Yeah, all fucking so imaginative and yes. got their little <laughs> costumes on, all, per, all, per, all doing so much pretending.
2: So they have this mini cup that they that they're like, we're gonna play for this. And then as the uh, as the game's going on, this like mystery dude all walks into the rink, and okay. uh, they show him kind of sitting in the the stands, but there's like a shadow over him. It's uh-huh. Like, oh, boo, who is it gonna be? Oh no! It's all. The dude that brings the real Stanley Cup around. Okay, <laughs> such a letdown. I'm like, is it the Stone? <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it Mario <laughs> Lemieux? Is it Mario
2: Lemieux? <laughs> Who they make? They make. Like, reference. Did they get Gordy Howe out. They like, make you know, reference to crazy. three. Yeah. They make reference to Gretzky, Lemieux, and Orr goals, and they actually show the goals like their famous goals, and yeah. then they and then they have like this computer rendering. It looks like an EA Sports game of the same goal for whatever reason. I guess so they could do 3D. Okay. But then they're like. One team, you know, quote unquote wins the Stanley Cup because they win the game. Yep. And then they're like, uh, the guy, the guy's like, I, I bring the cup around. Do you, do you want me to present it to you? And then they get the real cup. And that's a, a half an hour of my life down the toilet.
1: That's sad. You know why? Because they put like 30 year olds and it's like. That's something kids would do, but they all they all can't put like today's stars in it. Because <laughs> hockey Hall of Fame.
2: Yep. So Got to have like
1: thirty year old guys pretending that they're playing for
2: the Stanley Cup like a bunch of fucking kids. Yeah, pretty much. Terrible. They're like, next goal wins the cup. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so that was that was that was no good. That was no bias. Uh, yeah. They had the Sports Center Interactive booth, which I didn't. Try this time around with my. Uh, I play believe colleague. we
1: talked about that on a
2: previous podcast. We did. And, uh, other than that, it's all the same shit. The international, uh, area is awesome. I yeah. love how, I love how we. Well the we, place
1: where Canadians don't go.
2: Yeah. Of course. But, but I love how when it, when we talk about international hockey, it's like, well, there was 72 and then there was 87 and then there was 2002 and that's it. Because <laughs> yeah, that's all that ever happened
1: in international hockey.
2: You all go in there, it's like, oh, 1979 Challenge Cup. The Russians beat the NHL. Uh, 2000, or sorry, in 1981 Canada Cup, where Russia beat beat Canada like 8-1. Yep. <laughs> but nope. Nothing
1: beats Torino 2006,
2: though. That was a pretty it's good all, one. It's all 7th place, Canada. That's a pretty good one. That's but, a great one. But we just, we just pretend it didn't happen. Yep. Like, I don't know. What I, happened? I, I don't know what you, you happened. In. So anyway, so there was that. And then, of course, there's the hall and all the trophies and the Stanley yeah. Cup and all the players' faces. And that's yeah, pretty good. You know, it's a Hall of Fame for, for 14 bucks. So, you,
1: so are you taking the week to do touristy kind of stuff in your new city?
2: Um, I don't know if I'll do a lot more than that. I might do one more thing. Other than that, just go to the movies. You'll go up
1: the to CN Tower.
2: They talk, it costs like 35 bucks now that's terrible it's fucking ridiculous that's so, terrible no i won't be doing that no uh i don't know i'll probably go to one more place other than that i'm gonna go to the movies get my haircut <laughs> it's sleep it's perfect part, week off you know that's what it's that's what it's meant for of course uh anyways before we get into the tournament results anything from you you went to the Canucks game against the Jets. The Jets, finally sure do the game. Yeah, has- we were talking about it off, oh. off air,
1: but uh, I'll talk about it again. <laughs> off air. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went to the Jets game last week against the Canucks. Good game. Uh, you know, uh, Jets won 4-1, but, uh, you know, Vancouver carried the play for the first two periods pretty much, but it was a really good th- third period. Impressive. Um, I like watching hockey now. It's even, even with low scores. I know people want a lot of scoring, and I don't really care what they do. The league, a lot of people get mad when they hear about like, well, they might make the Nets bigger or reduce equipment. I don't care. I don't really see the need to have super high scoring games because it is, it's, the games are pretty open. Not like they used to be in like, in like the uh, late nineties, early two thousands where nobody had any room. It's nice. It's nice to watch teams with some room. Um, I So I enjoyed it. And that's not to say, I mean, we've seen a bunch of games over the past few years, but I, I, I went for the first time on myself. So I kind of just sat and just took it all in, the game, like just watched really closely um, what was going on. It was great because, you know, you go with friends and, you know, family and you're chatting and you're, you know, we're out there, you know, uh, hooting and hollering the whole game. (laughs) So this was nice to kind of uh, to watch it in that way. I enjoyed it. Jets fans were um, shockingly well-behaved.
2: So they didn't didn't, uh, in the moment of silence for parents. No one. They
1: they did not nobody said go jets go there wasn't a word all you could hear is the people in the concourse who didn't know what was going on um, there was uh, the chant there was not not uh, some guys uh, a few sections over from me in the 300 tried to get the uh, the silver medal chant going it didn't pick up that was great because that chant sucks um, uh, on Ryan Miller they did get on Ryan Miller and chant his name but in a, at appropriate times he was struggling. He was struggling handling the puck. He was he was having struggle, tr- uh, trouble trouble uh, handling rebounds, and then he got the uh, he got the um, puck uh, over the boards penalty, and people got on his ass, which he deserved. It was great. I I, I was I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, two guys next to me strolled in with five minutes left in the second period. I thought that was a that was a nice uh, use of, your, of their ticket. Weird. Um, and the uh, there was a a group of um fans beside me that spent the whole time talking i don't think they watched the game so but the guys in front of me were really upset these two like old fan babies were, you know like two old men in jets costumes you know they had their little their little jerseys on with the names like I oh, oh, look at me i'm blake wheeler I'm like no you're not <laughs> um and they're like 70 and they were really upset i didn't care because i was listening a little bit and it, the conversations were interesting but you know they yak the whole time i was like why would you even go to the game Just, but again, it's not my life, so what do I care? I, I It was enjoyable. And I assume they've, they've lost now tonight?
2: Yeah, they, the game just ended. I think it's 3-1 Colorado, unless Colorado put an empty net goal in.
1: Yeah, so I have a quick thought on this Hammonick
2: business. Oh, okay. Uh, just for, again, for, for those of you, because, you know, the, those of you in foreign markets that listen to us. Yes. <laughs> There's a defenseman with the New York Islanders who's originally from Winnipeg. Apparently in the offseason he has to be traded. He wants yep. to go out to Western Canada to be closer to his family. The most obvious choice is Winnipeg. Because so, he's from
1: St. Malo. Yep. So that's
2: all the chatter that's been happening. But, of course, yes. we have a history of not trading. But, anyways, what's your thought on well, this?
1: Well, my, my thought here is, I, I mean, so when when in, in ever is this going to happen? A arguable top two defenseman in the NHL who eats up fucking minutes like a shark. Um, who has a ridiculously good contract, by the way, ridiculously good and long contract, he's 25, wants to come to Winnipeg. When is that ever going to happen? Now, I'm not a big like, I'm not a big speculator because my default is it's not going to happen. But how do you not make, how do you not pull a trigger on a guy that you can immediately fucking market for the next six years as your marquee guy? A guy from here who who wanted to leave New York to come here.
2: True North. No money. Chevy can't do anything. No money. <laughs> no money. I'm telling yeah. you. that's uh, th- I guess not. That's what's going to happen. You know that fucking... Uh, no
1: money for a guy who doesn't make anything.
2: You know that picture... He's making less than Drew Stafford. You know the picture of the Monopoly man in that card where he's got his fucking po- pockets out and he's yeah, like... Yeah, His pockets are turned inside out. Yeah, that's True North. No money. When in reality, though, they are the deep pockets short arms. Yep. They got
1: deep fucking pockets, but they just don't want to dig in there. It's
2: true, because it, i one of the more logical trades to make would be the Myers trade. Uh, but Myers has got a sweetheart contract where they don't have to pay him a lot of money.
1: Yeah. But the thing is, of <laughs> this guy. And he's better. And the thing is, I get it if you can't make a deal, but apparently this team has great prospects. And can't a deal be worked out? We'll see. But, I mean, I... I default to no, and it's too bad because it's it's in your lap. It's a person that you can that you can make arguably the face of your franchise, and have it actually be like, yeah, of course.
2: I bet you Chevy makes offers that are so insulting, like such lowball offers. Oh, I know, like, I know. He's like, like, like
1: he's like when you when you go onto NHL 16, and you're like, let's see if they'll take this one, and then, <laughs> and then even the even the even the computer all snarks at you. They're all like. We would never do that. Come back when, come back when you have a real offer.
2: Yeah, and I think I feel like that's the offers that Chevy probably makes, and then it yeah. just sours everybody to trading with them. And the them. problem is,
1: is that the computer will let you come back and make more, make another offer the next day. But in the <laughs> NHL, it's like the other GM would just be like, "Fuck off." Yep. And we'll just immediately look somewhere else. It's too bad. It's too bad that this team has such inept management. It's true. Um, or ownership, or whatever you want to call it. It's too bad. Like I said, this is a this is a great opportunity. And you know, it's the same thing when I said last week. It was like they could have rebuilt this team the minute they got it. They all took two seasons to find out what they had. <laughs> like, come on. So frustrating. I don't think that this team, I'm not like Jets have to win now. But with the with the path they took, they should be winning more after five years. Um established franchise and with prospects, and there, there was no reason why if they didn't blow it up. They should be more successful now. They should have blown it up if if this is what they were gonna do.
2: You want to hear something funny? What? Uh, you know, for the and I'll 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 do a cheap plug again for the Aih Two Hundred Four One Six podcast. We've talked to probably eight or nine people who follow other teams in the NHL. Yep. And it's super weird because when we talk about prospects for all these teams, there seems to be a lot of them.
1: Well, because most teams have prospects.
2: That's weird. I most thought only te- I thought only the Jets had prospects.
1: Apparently, meanwhile, you know, interestingly enough, a lot of them aren't panning
2: out. Also, I saw I got an offer today for, for uh, single tickets for tonight's game for $43. I saw that.
1: Well, yeah, like, I got oh, the same email.
2: $43. You know, I, we're not signing Ladder Buff if we're only paying $43 a ticket. You know, they they got to be
1: selling those tickets, those last few tickets for $80 or more if they're going to sign Dustin Buffalo long term.
2: Uh, so.
1: Oh, Jets. Yeah, whatever. It's the same old thing. We're doing three weeks of podcasts tonight, so we, we, we. The next time we talk
2: about the Jets on this podcast, who knows? It will be in the middle of December, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. So we've got two things to go on for this particular episode. Yes. Uh, one should be quick, but we've got to get the business out of the way of the tournament. Yep. And then secondly, we'll talk. We'll talk wrestling in a second for all you people that have been oh, dying yes. for more wrestling. Oh, we talk. will talk wrestling. So let's go over. We finished off the round of sixteen. Yep. In the tournament. And again, for those of you that don't know, we decided three weeks ago that we were going to take 32 songs. Uh, you were going to put 16 in. I was going to put 16 in. We were going to match up against each other. We were going to take them to a Twitter poll. One, you know, two groups of two against each other. Winners move on. Losers get kicked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first round, where we did 16 matchups, you won 11. I won four. We tied with one we sure did and uh, so with the remaining uh, 15 songs yeah we put the new matchups together last week and those yep. matchups are done now they are so let's talk about where, uh, where quarterfinals we are on to we're at the quarterfinals now yeah so uh, the first matchup we had uh, we aren't
1: doing we just we we were just doing a seating now we're not that's right. Match- Ooh,
2: that's right. So winning in the battle of Michael Jackson against Janet Jackson. Was Michael Jackson. Michael not a Jackson shocker. Want to be starting something. Won 69-31. Um, to 31, So pretty pretty solid. Pretty solid victory. Pretty solid victory over Janet Jackson. Which, yeah, not uh, terribly surprising, right? Oh. And uh, in the matchup that was in the kind of counter bracket, we had... Daft Punks one more time against Mariah Carey's Heartbreaker. Yep. And Daft, uh, Daft Punk. And that was a solid one too. Yep. It took 12 out of 18 votes. Yep. So, quarterfinal matchup number one. That's is... gonna be
1: a gonna be a doozy, but I, I you know Jackson's going through.
2: Michael Jackson th- wanna be starting something against Daft Punks one more time. Here we go. We'll see what happens. Uh Matchup number three was Our Lady Peace is Clumsy against Foo Fighters Learn to Fly, and the winner? And
1: finally, Our Lady Peace gets fucking punted.
2: <laughs> they only won one round, come on.
1: I know, but still, it was one round too many.
2: This was an, a thorough beating. Yes. Uh, 71% to 29%. Total yep. of 21 votes were made. And uh, the winner... Uh, of that is take well, learn to fly is taking on the winner of our matchup between Radiohead's My Iron Lung and Elvis Costello's Less than Zero. This was close, Elvis again moving on. This was close. It was, it was basically one vote. Yep, it was eight to seven in the voting. Yep, and uh, Elvis Costello, kind of the dark horse. Yes, really. Riding his way into the quarterfinals. And,
1: and, and a fun chorus, really.
2: So, Given her. so we have Learn to Fly and he's by about
1: the, to get sacrificed.
2: He is. Learn to Fly by the Foo Fighters against "Lesson Zero by Elvis Costello. Well, you're smiling. Learn to Fly is one of your songs. That's right. Um, First one that's shown up here. Yep. So then, uh, in round three of the quarterfinals... During the few moments that we have... Uh... The Buy The Buy
1: The Buy for Living Colors uh, Cult of Personality came about because um, we had a tie and both songs got thrown out and so uh, because Cult of Personality garnered such a giant uh, um, following and votes we just decided to give it a buy
2: and the reason it did was because Living Colors Twitter account retweeted the poll
1: and it went it, it, it,
2: it blew up so oh, here we go. They're back in it after a, after a bye week. So we'll see what happens now, and it's going to be stiff competition because uh, they're going to take on the winner of Stevie Wonder Superstition against Notorious B.I.G.'s Juicy. Yep. Stevie takes it. I I don't know. Like I I'm not surprised, but I I was I had high hopes for Juicy.
1: Yeah. So did I. I thought Juicy was going a far way, but uh, I guess our target audience doesn't isn't quite as into hip hop as other target audiences might be.
2: Yeah. So we have uh Superstition winning handily, 68% to 32%. This is a
1: soul classic. Soul Funk Classic. So you know, not a bad thing. We'll see what happens when it
2: when it gets up against uh Living Color. And uh finally we get to the last two matchups. We have the Kinks Lola against Phil Collins, Don't Lose My Number. So Lola took it. Lola takes it. Not a surprise. 61% to 39. So not a total beating, but pretty solid win. Yep. And they are going to take on the winner of Oasis Live Forever against Kings of Leon Sex on Fire. And it was Oasis. Oasis wins it. They move on. So there you go. So three of my songs are in the quarters
1: very nice good work see it all evens out in the
2: end so uh there you go so again um we're gonna put the polls up during the week and this is it this week we're just gonna get this over with (laughs) yeah so we're gonna do four quarterfinals yeah it's a lot of fun but you get
1: down uh, you get down and it's the same songs over and over you're kind of like all right
2: so four quarterfinals two semis and a final we'll do over the course of this week because we're taping three episodes tonight we won't We may do a a small add-on segment in a couple of weeks yeah, to what we taped today to talk about it, but you'll hear down the road who the winner is. Um, The magic of
1: editing. Hopefully, we'll put something in there.
2: So again, you've got Want to Be Starting Something by Michael Jackson against One More Time by Daft Punk. Mm -hmm. Learn to Fly by Foo Fighters against Less Than Zero by Elvis Costello. Mm -hmm. Cult of Personality by Living Color against Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Right And Lola by the Kinks against Live Forever by Oasis. Okay. So that is... Here's the tournament gorilla. That's where the tournament... tournament <laughs> the tournament gorilla. So yeah, that's where things stand. All right, so get out and vote. People. Please. Yeah. Yeah, run run over to the old twets and uh, get your votes in. Get <laughs> your little twets. And now... So, oof. the main event of the evening. Oh my, and what a main event we have.
1: I've been very excited about this for months, actually.
2: I think this was when we first uh, did uh, Mezzanine Sleepover. Like, the first shows, we were like, well, we're going to review this. Yes. At some point. Yep. Uh, this is the one
1: I'm looking most forward to out of the ones that we, when we review wrestling, we, we tend to, of course, um, review events we've been to. And so this is no exception. This was our first ever live televised uh, wrestling show.
2: So, no, uh, not, no,
1: that's not true. Well, it's live. For me, it was my first live televised. I went to a TV taping once of Superstars.
2: So uh, why don't you talk about what this is? So this is In Your House
1: 4. This is uh, October twenty second, 1995. The WWF had the, uh, the big idea to uh, start doing monthly pay-per-views in 1995. And the fourth of these... Um, Kind of secondary pay-per-views. They were called "In Your House." Uh, They 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 staged it here at the old Winnipeg Arena. Essentially,
2: essentially the idea was that they were going to have because the WWF at the time had four, five five pay-per-views, five major pay-per-views, and they decided that they were going to add in all of these B shows, basically. Yep. That would be, uh, instead of the traditional three hours in length, they would be two hours in length, and they would cost a lot less. And they would be done out of smaller arenas and markets. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got the fourth one, In Your House 4.
1: And it was uh, at the time. I mean, this is at the height of our wrestling fandom, I believe. Um, maybe not the height, but t- certainly it was ramped up. We were watching quite a bit of wrestling at the time. And um, we, I remember being very, very excited about this event.
2: Oh, I was too. Now, I, uh, things I remember leading up to the event. One is I, I still have the stub because you gave it to me before I, uh, yep. I moved out here. Uh, good old select a seat. Yes, <laughs> select a seat. I believe you went down to uh, the pharmacy. McKnight's, right? McKnight's
1: Drugs uh, in the strip mall uh, at uh, Nova Vista and St. Mary's.
2: Yeah, and again, um, this is back in the day where you basically had to show up and stand in line to get yeah. tickets.
1: You could call, but you could call Select a Seat, 780 Seat, am I right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, but I went down in the morning on a Saturday morning, I believe, and uh, I uh, got in line. I was, I you know, there was a, a little line up there. Probably maybe tenth or eleventh, got eighth row, eighteen dollars a pop
2: for eighth row on the floor. Yep, for a pay per view, so it was very exciting. Pretty damn good. I was like, Uh, I was like, I I was like, eighteen (laughs) dollars. I know it was like kind of steep back then. It's like my whole allowance. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah,
1: exactly. And um, I remember the lead up was 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 also exciting because um, well, we were we were at the time quite quite big Shawn Michaels fans. We were it was it was sickening actually.
2: Uh yeah. And, um
1: Shawn Michaels was the intercontinental champion. And so in the lead up, it was Shawn Michaels was gonna be defending the title in Winnipeg on pay-per-view against uh, uh Dean Douglas. And now, you know, I was very excited to see Shane Douglas against Shawn Michaels. And uh I remember, you know, you'd get you'd see the advertising and get the in the paper. They'd have like the card and it'd be, you know, here's, here's who's facing who. And, uh, you know, that, that was, uh, that was what it led up to. Now There's a lot of things that changed.
2: Do you remember that Shawn Michaels did an interview on CKND? No. You were with me. Shawn Michaels did an interview on CKND and you and me like idiots. Went down to the fucking went down to the fucking studio at like 10:30 at night. The studio at Firmore and Saint Anne's at the time, or not Firmore at uh, Saint Mary's and Saint Anne's at the time. Not thinking that they would have just recorded it earlier in the day.
1: (laughs) We thought Shawn Michaels was there.
2: (laughs) We thought Shawn Michaels was going to do a live interview during the news. (laughs) (laughs) So we so we went to CKND to find him. (laughs)
1: Ah <laughs> uh, yes, those those were the days, eh? Uh, yep. Well, so- this was this was just pre-getting like I- internet at home. I remember getting internet probably later that fall. Same here. Uh, and uh, like, cause I remember the first email I ever got from you was when you were in Victoria. So that that's around you know then that was later around Christmas, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. So um, you, you know you got all your information from the newspaper. <laughs> So you know you'd watch kind of what was going on. Oh, well, what's the card? It was very exciting because I, I, when they first announced it, it was Shawn Michaels was on the card, Undertaker. It was uh, you know they had some big names, and then things kind of changed.
2: So this was pretty much one disaster after the other. Yeah. In terms of the in terms of the event, but one more thing I wanted to mention before we get to the event was okay, we had to do something before the event that day. We did okay. So we'll talk
1: about we'll talk about the um. About the day and then we'll talk about the event.
2: So. So yes, you so, want, you can talk about it because, um. I don't remember all the specific details. Here's what I do remember. So I was in, um, I was in pipe band.
1: Yep.
2: And my pipe band had a performance at some school. In Gimli. In Gimli. Yeah. <laughs> before in your house. Yep. So in order to get from, uh, get you from, uh, your place to in your house, you basically had to come to Gimli.
1: Yeah, I went to Gimli. I didn't care.
2: So you came out to Gimli. Anything kept
1: me out of the house, I didn't give a shit. Yeah.
2: I, said, I stay at home, I'll go with you all day. So you came out to Gimli. We did our performance there. Yep. And I don't remember the specifics. You're going to have to talk about what you found.
1: Okay, so here's what I remember of Gimli. Um, the first thing is that the night before, I had gone out to some hockey social in Fort Richmond with some people from high school. Now, I, I was freshly out of high school. So this was fall. And I was in university, but I had high school friends such as yourself who was still in high school and some other people, but I'd gone to this hockey social and I had gotten for the first time really, 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 really drunk. (laughs) So drunk that I like puked all over our front steps and it was a big funny thing. And my parents made fun of me and it was fine, but I was super hungover that day. And so we drove out to Gimli and a few things that I remember, first of all, the performance, I remember when they were, it was, it was a competition.
2: Was it? Was it not? I don't think so.
1: Well, there was something going on where I was. That the one where you were berating the guy? No. Okay, that was a different
2: one. No, that was in uh, Brandon, I think.
1: Oh, okay, see, I, yeah. I thought we were out of the city, but anyway, um, but I remember walking around this this Gimli High School, and we were just because we're pricks, like trying to look in people's lockers, <laughs> and we one girl left her locker open, and she had a picture on her in her locker of her and Keanu Reeves, who had been in the town to play Hamlet earlier that year. Uh. I think so. I think yeah. it's 95. Yeah. And, um, and so I took it. And I still have that picture in a box somewhere. What an asshole. Me and Keanu. And it was like a, this big funny thing where I, I was such a prick. What a little jerk. And so, you know, that was kind of our adventure out to Gimli.
2: And then we made our way back into the city. Yep. And we got to the event. And before the event started, uh, we had, let's see, you had a Hulk Hogan bandana.
1: A Hulkamania bandana that I got in two years earlier at a house show.
2: And we had signs. Yes, we did. And the uh basically everything got taken away.
1: Yeah, they mm-hmm. they weren't fucking around. Because this was pre like sign craziness.
2: So our signs, some of the signs that we had, uh Hulk. so they they uh <laughs> they announced this show as being in the heart of the Rockies in the great white north of Canada. <laughs>
1: Yeah, heart of the Rockies in Winnipeg. They had commercials on on superstars, so like in the heart of the in the heart of the Rockies, and we're like, what?
2: So we had a sign that said, "There are no mountains here." Yep. we had a sign that said, "Where's all the snow?" Yep. Um, my favorite October and had snowed. Uh, my favorite sign though that got taken away was (laughs) Marty Jacrappy blows. (laughs)
1: Yep. So good,
2: Marty Jacrappy for Marty Janetti.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we were that was the height of our wit, I believe.
2: So we got that those taken away, and then uh, your someone came and also they wanted to take your Hulk Hogan bandana.
1: They want they didn't want well, we were eighth row, and uh, we were on camera slightly, and so I guess they anticipating that they didn't want me shilling Hulk Hogan merchandise. Um, so because Hulk Hogan they,
2: was in a rival organization.
1: And now to be fair, I was going there to be a jerk with the Hulk Hogan bandana. I, I fully wanted to wear a Hogan bandana and get on camera with it because I'm an asshole. And I, I, I was more, more of an asshole then. And so they offered me uh, a, a shirt. And I gladly took a Shawn Michaels shirt. Gladly.
2: <laughs> a red one. And so
1: I got this free Shawn Michaels shirt with him like full on hairy chest Hand on the cheek, laying down all splayed out. Shawn Michaels. Now,
2: I bought a black Shawn Michaels shirt. I purchased it. Yes, you did. With words like sexy.
1: (laughs) It had all sorts of words behind it.
2: Charismatic.
1: Yes, showstopper.
2: And then we both bought pairs of shades, but the eyepieces were hearts.
1: Yeah, they were Shawn Michaels shades.
2: Heart (laughs) shades. What a couple of (laughs) fucking jerks. So good. So, yeah, we bought those. We bought those. or And, uh, so we, we were loaded up with our, our lame ass gear. Yep. Uh, before the event. Uh, now, uh, let's get into the event because, oof. So, just, oh just a couple of things to note. Uh, good idea by you. I've pulled up the October 30th, 1995, uh, edition of the Wrestling Observer newsletter, yes. which is pretty much the primary, um, Kind of behind the scenes newsletter in pro wrestling. That's the still source run,
1: for wrestling news and opinion, really. which,
2: which runs to this day. Yep. And uh, there is a poll, uh, WWF in your house, and you get three options: thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle.
1: And this is when this newsletter was getting was being mailed out. Still, I believe.
2: too. Yeah. So there were yep. two hundred and thirty six votes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Three people said thumbs up. <laughs> Uh, I think they're like, like, like knowledgeable wrestling fans. Yeah, seven in the middle, two hundred and twenty-six thumbs down. So good, ninety-six percent. So right, ninety-six so percent right. thumbs down. Um, yeah, and then uh, I'll go down to where they write about the show, and we will talk about that as yeah. We, uh, so
1: this was. Um, I remember what struck me going into this was I was you know we weren't we were we. We're smart-ish fans in that we kind of, you know, we, 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 we didn't think it was real. <laughs> um, but we weren't, you know, we, we hadn't really gotten tuned in like we would later on that year and the year after that and the year after that. Um, I was shocked at how empty the place was.
2: Well, uh, on the it one says side, here, the on, show. On the side of the hard cameras. The show drew 10,339 fans. Yep. Uh to the Winnipeg Arena, which has about a 15,000 seat capacity.
1: And that's and that's with hockey. Now with you have floor seats, it was much higher than that.
2: Uh, and this is from the newsletter. Of course, Vince McMahon lied about it being a capacity crowd, but I guess not that's even, accepted behavior.
1: It was not. It wasn't even close. The hard cameras, there was nobody in section upon section behind the hard cameras. Like you if you watch the event ever, and I would implore you not to, but you know, if you if you're interested and you're from Winnipeg, and you want to see Winnipeg Arena and all its glory, uh, from a, from a wrestling perspective. Um, they they try so hard not to show that side. Oh yeah, it's like 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 you've like like you've never seen. It's like the camera angles, um, just trying to make sure. I mean, the whole upper deck was was cordoned off. Nobody was up there, and um, yeah, it was. I I remember being shocked. I remember being like, I can't believe. That people aren't coming to see this. Which is funny because leading up to the event, there were so many changes to the card anyway, but WWF was at one of its lowest points at this point.
2: So, aside from being at a low point, here's everything that was kind of that, that went wrong with this show. And uh, let's talk about things that they controlled and yeah. things that they couldn't control. Okay. So, let's start off with things they couldn't control. Yes. Uh, so, Shawn Michaels, who was pretty much the hottest babyface. I mean, he wasn't the champion. Uh, actually, that's not true. Probably second hottest after Bret Hart, and we'll get to that in a sec. Yes. But Shawn Michaels was uh was up there as like the top guy We're basically. was still number
1: 1 despite what WWF at the time was trying to do. Yeah. we'll get to that.
2: Um Shawn Michaels uh got legit beat up in a bar in in Albany, New York about uh, 2 weeks before this event. Yep. And was not medically cleared to wrestle. Uh and so his match got pulled. Yep. The Undertaker uh, was supposed to wrestle in a match, and he got his face fucked up, legit. Yeah,
1: yeah. his orbital bone was was was, was broken by, by a leg drop from so, from Maple, like so, legit. Yeah,
2: so he got pulled.
1: Yeah, so no Undertaker from, from
2: the event uh, as well. So those are two big big deals. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> to, yeah. Uh, then, in terms of what they could have controlled, the biggest thing is that this is a pay per view. It was only the third pay per view at that time that had taken place in Canada
1: yep
2: and uh was it the third or the second was it the third wrestlemania it's six? Second. it might have been the second the it was
1: second event to take place in canada ever
2: Yep. the second event ever to take place in canada bret hart the biggest baby face top star yep and canadian yep not wrestling on the card
1: not on the, on, on not the pay-per-view, the pay-per-view card. card nope
2: not on the pay-per-view
1: nope um terrible <laughs> terrible
2: yeah just such a bad decision. Um, yep. they, they turned the British Bulldog heel yep. about a month before this and had him challenge Diesel for the world title. Yep. I would say that, you know, the British Bulldog's, uh, heel turn, like the reception to it would not be, not be bad, but m- more lukewarm than it would be in the States because you're still in Canada. Yeah. And people still like the Bulldog.
1: Yeah, they did and it was it was it wasn't very good.
2: And Diesel Kevin Nash was at the end of his championship run, his failed championship run.
1: Oh, and he was as lazy as ever.
2: Yeah, very much on the tail end. So, we had a lot of problems at the show going into yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, the 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 lineup of the roster was terrible. Then. And uh yeah, so anyways, let's uh So, yeah, so I remember being really
1: shocked, which was stupid. Now you're like, well, of course, um, but yeah. So uh, there was uh, there was a dark match, but you know, I was not. I think Rad Radford wrestled. It We're was Bob
2: Hawley against Rad Radford. Terrible. Uh, Bob Holly beat Rad Radford. It. Yeah. Uh, so then we get into the the pay per view. So now I watched the full pay per view to On do this network. because I have the WWE network. You watched a video called what was it like Winter?
1: I watched winter combat video that WWE actually posted on their YouTube account. So it was like a compilation video of a few events from the, or to the two events from that time period or three events. Oh, I don't and- think they put, they didn't put survivor series on there. So it was just, it was just in your house five and four and it was shown in kind of like, um, it wasn't in order. So they would bounce back and forth. So they started with a title match and then they moved to another match and they showed, uh, some other match. Uh, I, I, I wanted to talk about it because, it was hosted by Doc Hendricks, uh-huh. who, oh, my God, Doc Hendricks, the worst. <laughs> the best part about Doc Hendricks is clearly the time that he strutted around with his tugging on his vest like he was Shawn Michaels. That's the best <laughs> thing he ever did. Um, but in this one, like Doc Hendricks talking about all this stuff just kind of uh, underlies, uh, you know, uh, everything about wrestling at that time. They brought Michael Hayes in. In a in a in a in a, in a uh, backstage role, and they they he goes out there as Doc Hendricks, who's like kind of a rockin' kind of cool guy, but he's fucking not, at all. And he's talking about the matches, and he has a keyboard in front of him where he plays theme songs when he's talking about the guy. <laughs>
2: Terrible. And like, Hend- keep in mind, like we're we're aware enough to know what fucking geeks we were back then. Yeah. And when Doc Hendricks would be on screen, we'd be like, what a fucking geek.
1: Well, yeah, and you know. <laughs> What struck me about In Your House and and WWF in those times was it was 95 and just how not anywhere near like the zeitgeist WWF was. Like their wrestlers were still rocking fanny packs and fucking Zubaz and feathered mullets. (laughs) And like just everything like from like just everything WWF did just not did not resonate. Like you could put this and be like, when was this event from? And if you didn't know, you could be like, what, like 89? maybe 1990 perhaps seriously it was bad so yeah doc Hendricks would introduce these things so so i didn't watch the whole thing so i'm going off memory on some of this so you'll have to lead a a few things but i remember a lot of
2: details a couple of other things to note uh so there was this winter combat tape that came out uh there was the in your house events were released on vhs in the uk yep and i bought you bought this in your house for on eBay. VHS on eBay for one hundred dollars. So good.
1: Well, I would like to say I'm the guy who bought Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park on eBay for hundred dollars. So VHS. So I have no high ground upon which to judge you.
2: So uh, here we go. Uh, I'll I'll go over the full show and you can yeah, stop me when I got you get the to card sub in front of up. me too. So we're all good. right, two minutes. Day uh, is devoted to O Canada. Uh, yeah. they do "O Canada" at the start with some artist who sings the, the the song poorly because people can't. I hate people just can't sing the fucking anthem. <laughs> they have to try and like add to it, and it's just like just sing the anthem. Yep. Um. Then we go immediately to an announcement of Gorilla Monsoon, who's the president. He's actually the interim president at the time. Yep. And he he makes the announcement that Shawn Michaels is going to be stripped of the IC title. Yep. It's going to be given to Dean Douglas with along with quote. All the rights and privileges that come with the title.
1: Well, I guess it has rights and privileges.
2: What rights do you have? I, I don't really know. It's Like, oh, I got, I got some extra rights and privileges. Clearly, he SC has title. the rights
1: because he had to defend the title. Yes, against it without you know without being prepared. The other thing uh, is, I would like to say that at this point, I believe that we didn't. I think the Shawn Michaels situation was up in the air right up until this point I'm in sure Winnipeg, it was. like for the fans. I think we didn't even know. I think people were hoping he'd wrestle.
2: Uh, the other thing was that the setup of the entranceway and everything was super oh. Bush League.
1: Oh, God. So, so they what, they, the house.
2: what they normally do is they have for, for the in-your-house events. Well, for all pay-per-views, they have the, a long rampway. So if it was a house show, they just have them coming out of the locker room behind the player's bench. Yeah. But for televised events, they set up a makeshift um, you know uh, aisle that goes to the ring.
1: They have a backstage area usually, right? They they set up a backstage area that starts, that kind of comes out a little bit.
2: So they'll put it at one, one end of the arena with this long entrance so that you get like the long entrance with the music playing for the, uh, television broadcast. And normally when they're coming down, um, they will have the barricades on each side. And in these days it was those metal barricades. Yep. Not here. No, they there was barricade a metal, on there was a barricade on one side, and then they were just like, ah, we'll just use the hockey boards.
1: Those, the hockey boards that are covered white for some reason. <laughs> so you, they look like the hockey boards without ads because you can still see the yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a curved aisle. So they came out of the Zamboni entrance clearly underneath that in that corner where you know the, if you know the Winnipeg Arena, you know the corners.
2: <laughs> They're
1: terrible. And there's, so they have this house. Because the big thing about In Your House one was they were giving away a house, and for fucking years they called it In Your House terrible, terrible marketing. So not no marketing, because I'm on the mezzanine sleepover.
2: Yeah, so this a is tag. so the, the the yeah, so it's all Bush League. So first match is Make a Difference fought two against uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley,
1: <laughs> two guys who would become far more popular, like four years later and bigger, three years later, yeah, like physically bigger. bigger. Yeah, one one guy noticeably fatter, the other guy more jacked up. So fucking kills.
2: And of course, we're talking about later on becoming Rikishi and Triple H.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, here are my notes on this one, and I didn't take extensive notes on on the matches themselves no. for the most part. Uh, Vince calls Winnipeg the Great White North, and lots of jokes about the weather ensue. All lies. <laughs> um, Fatu's tights say "Just say no" on them.
1: Yeah, good old Fatu.
2: Um, Fatu did a hangman spot. Yes, he did. So that's where you basically go and you put your head between the top and the middle rope and then you turn them around so that you're basically hanging like they're basically wrapped around your neck and you're hanging. You throw there.
1: yourself over the ropes and they come together and you hang yourself. Yeah.
2: And when he did that, Triple H climbed to the top rope and delivered what I could only describe as a Johnny Fistroff to (laughs) Fatu's head, which is named after Johnny Superb who wrestled with us in our backyard wrestling federation. Yes. And just the awkward manner in which he'd come off the top rope. (laughs) Yep. Um, Oh, God. Fatu took a DDT, which he no-sold because...
1: Well, he's got a hard head, apparently. so,
2: So they don't do this anymore, but up until, like, somewhere in the 90s, basically, if you were Samoan or black... Your head, yeah. was, your cranium was harder and impervious yeah. to moves.
1: That's true. And they used to talk about it like they readily acknowledge that. I remember Jesse, the body with Coco Beware, he'd be like, well, you can't do that to Coco. <laughs> He's not smart enough.
2: <laughs> like, oh my God. So he, Terrible. so he no sells that, but then he loses to the pedigree, which is his head going into the mat.
1: The same move, by yeah. the way, maybe his knees really hurt.
2: Um, so anyway, so Triple That's, H wins. That match
1: was junk, by the way.
2: So then they do this interview outside. So Triple H does an interview with Lawler. Yeah. And Lawler's like, oh, well, could you deal with the smell? And Triple H, and again, if you listen to Triple H now, this is even more funny because he's trying to, like, it's not even, like, an English accent. It's just some sort of, like, pompous accent.
1: I know, But he's terrible.
2: like, oh, he smelled ghastly. <laughs> so good. And then, um... This is all set up so that Hog can come out with a bucket Hogman. of slop. Henry O. Godwin. And, and run after Triple H. Again, WWF in the 90s. A yep. Hog Farmer chasing a blue blood with a bucket of slop.
1: Yep, there you go.
2: Uh, Meltzer gave this one two stars. I gave it uh, I gave it one. Yeah. Uh, yeah so.
1: I, I, don't, I, I mean, I've watched this in the past. I didn't see this on, the, on the, what I watched, but uh, I knew it was bad.
2: Uh, then Bulldog, the British Bulldog is doing an interview in the back. Yep. And, uh, the only good part about it is he said that Diesel thought he could hide in this 50 foot of, or 50 foot of snow hell hole of Winnipeg. (laughs) Nice. So that was great. Yep. Uh, match number two, smoking guns against Razor Ramon and the one, two, three kid. now as much as, uh, I love Shawn Michaels, Yep. I was like the biggest razor role mark.
1: Oh yes, you were. <laughs> you love the razor.
2: I did. And we'll find out later. Yes. More about that. This guy so much charisma. I know. Oozing it. <laughs> he comes out, him and the kid come out, they're wearing matching purple tights. Yeah. And Razor, when they're walking down the aisle, all makes a point of gesturing like, take a look. Same color. <laughs> look at us. We're partners. Yep. Chico. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh yeah, so Razor is super over, like clearly the the most over guy in the whole show, except for Shawn Michaels and Bret yeah. Hart. Yeah. Um. But this is actually a match where we have two babyface teams. Yeah, the Guns of the Champs, and Razor Ramon and One Two Three Kid. They're having problems.
1: Yes, they're buddies. Yep. In real life and on camera, but uh, they can't get along because the kid is 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 jealous. Yes. And always wanting to prove himself, one two three kid is a tiny dude. Yeah, and uh, you know he's uh, he's he really wants to prove himself, and uh, there's a lot of jealousy there. So this has been this has been building, yeah, for a few months.
2: Um, but he uh, they worked heel uh, Razor Ramon and one two three kid. Yep, and to tremendous cheering from the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So that didn't work. Nope. Uh, in the meantime. Later on that night, Dean Douglas is gonna fight Razor Ramon for the IC title. Yeah. So they show him in the back watching on TV, and he's got a chalkboard in the background that, and, and in big letters it just says, "Defense versus Razor."
1: <laughs> oh God! You know what's funny about all this is Shane Douglas. I, I, I at this point in WWF, like he was very watchable. It's just the gimmick, man. He could have done so much more. He could have just been a really smart dude. And you could talk about his background, right? Yep. You know, he's a former teacher. But no, he has to come out in a fucking robe. And he has to do his exclamation mark point. And he has to fucking scratch the nails of the chalkboard. And and, and and do all the bullshit.
2: Terrible. So um, there's a point where uh, Billy Gunn uh, gets a... Kicks out at the last second of some move. And the crowd loses their shit. Like legitimately. Probably the biggest reaction of the night. Yep. <clears throat> Ultimately what happens is... Razor Ramon gets the hot tag. He runs wild. He puts the Razor's edge on whatever gun, Bart. Yeah, one of the two jobbers. And when, and when the guy's prone on the mat, the kid, one, two, three kids like, tag me in. I want to get the pin. I want, I want to get the win. Yep. So he gets tagged in. He goes for the pin and he gets crucifixed and, and he ends up losing. So the kid fucks up and Razor and the kid lose. Yep. So then now Neltzer, in the newsletter says that this was actually supposed to be a heel turn because what happened was the kid throws a tantrum. He shoves a Ramon and then he, be- he beats up both the tag team champions. Okay. And then razor comes back and like the kid takes the titles. Like there are titles. Yeah. And razor Ramon grabs the titles and gives them back. And <laughs> when they give the, the titles back to the guns, the crowd booze.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the smoking guns fucking stunk. Let's let's be
2: honest. It's a real lesson. Like you can't turn a guy heel when they're more like way more popular than the baby face yeah, they're facing. You just can't. So nobody oh, cared
1: about the smoking guns.
2: I gave this match two stars. Meltzer gave it uh two and three quarter.
1: It wasn't a bad match. I remember being uh it, at least it was good. Like it wasn't bad. Yeah. So I think. But again, it was kinda it just didn't it didn't work.
2: Uh so then Marty Jannetty versus Gold
1: now, this is Goldust's first match.
2: It is. So, Goldust. This dus- is a very significant pay-per-view. Clearly. Goldust had done all these promos leading up to the match, and, uh, they basically established two things. One is that he's from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And secondly, that he's, the best way to describe it is, androgynous. Yes. And he plays this gimmick up for a while. Um, yep. by the fact that he ended up wrestling Marty Jannetty, that's kind of what indicated that he was a heel. Yep cuz he didn't really say anything mean in his promo. No, he
1: just he quoted movies. And you know, uh hissed a lot. So yeah. For lack of a better word.
2: So, um here's what I there's not much that I have on this one. This was a long match. It was a, I
1: didn't I didn't know it was Dustin Rhodes until he took off the the,
2: the, wig. the wig. Um 11 minutes and 15 seconds Meltzer says once he took off his wig he looked like a banana with black ears.
1: <laughs> he had black ears, that's right. That's
2: right. <laughs> People did not like gold dust. No, they did not.
1: They did not like they did not like there was a lot of chanting.
2: Yes, we'll just leave it at that. Yep. Uh, so here's uh, here are my comments. Genetti has so many tassels. Oh god. Genetti's wearing a, a singlet? Yep. There are tassels down the sides, everywhere. down his arms. Yep. Everywhere. Yeah, I watched this match on Winter Combat.
1: It was, it was yeah, Marty Jannetty, like what I talked about, just not, you know, like it's 1995, and he's running around looking like fucking, uh, you know, like he's auditioning to be in Striper <laughs> or something. Uh, Terrible. Goldust Stalls. all over the place.
2: Goldust Stalls, because what was his big thing. Yep. Uh, Lawler says that Canadians aren't used to seeing big stars. To which Jim Ross's counter is, well, we've got Wayne Gretzky and Monty Hall.
1: (laughs) Well, that is true. Growing up in Winnipeg, it was always a thing. Like, "Oh, Monty Hall. And I'd be, who's that?
2: (laughs) Um, Monty Hall. The other thing I noticed was in the front row, there was one dude talking on a giant cell phone. And next to him, Chris Walby. Yeah, and behind them was a dude dressed as a vampire. That's right. And Chris Walby, during this match, looked so bored. I know. Uh so anyways, uh Goldust won with his finisher. It was sloppy. Uh I gave it uh a half a, a star type. Right? Uh it no, it was, it was the suplex thing. Curtain angle. call? Yeah. A curtain call. Nice. Uh so I gave it a half a star and uh, Mel- Meltzer gave it one and a half stars. Well good for him. Oh boy, here we go. It's getting bad now. <laughs> so now the first match that was fucked. And it was, again, it was supposed to be The Undertaker against King Mabel. Yep. But because the match got fucked up due to Undertaker's injury, they decided to put Yokozuna against King Mabel.
1: Oh my God, it was terrible. So. That might be one of the worst. I think that might be the worst match I ever saw live.
2: I'll read the, because the, the, there's only three lines on the observer here, and then I'll go over my notes. Yep. Yokozuna went to a double count out with King Mabel in five minutes and 12 seconds. Mabel was said to have weighed a legitimate 580 for this match, and if that's the case, Yoko must have been pushing 700. Jesus. Horrible match with a horrible finish and a strong candidate for worst match of the year, minus two stars. It was bad. Mabel with had... Bad. Here's the highlight of the match. You Mabel, have a drop of minus five stars. Oh, my God. Good call. Where are you here? Minus five stars! Pretty We're much. Not even close. Yep. Not even close. Um so so bad. But one thing that made this match a little bit better was King Mabel's super obnoxious entrance. Yes. Where he comes into like this rap beat and yep. he's got jobbers carrying him to the ring, and yep. all he's doing as he's sitting on his little throne is jiving. Waving he's
1: waving his arms, shucking and jiving.
2: Yeah. So Pointing that...
1: at people. You know, give the big smile. It was good. I was good.
2: Uh, also, uh, Mabel at some point when he had Yokozuna prone in the corner did like this jive walk through the ring and yep. then just shouts at the, <laughs> shouts at the audience. I'm the king. <laughs>
1: <laughs> king Mabel, one of the worst things ever. So this guy headlined SummerSlam for God's sakes.
2: So this is how the match ended. King Mabel went for a bulldog on oh, Yokozuna. God. Yep. His arm slipped through Yokozuna's head. Yep. So Yokozuna didn't go down face first. Mabel landed on his ass. Yep. Yokozuna still sold and tumbled out of the ring. Yep. Mabel rolled out of the ring, and then Yokozuna fell like clumsily on Jim Cornette in a comedy spot. <laughs> then the ref called for the bell, and the crowd booed. And yep. Vince McMahon <laughs> on commentary was like. Well, that was less than stellar. <laughs> Come on, drop it again. Okay. Minus five stars. Oh, yeah. I love, I love Super Chico. That match was she. <laughs> <laughs> Good
1: job, Bud. See, we got to so... start doing more of these. That's oh fantastic. yeah,
2: one more of that match because <laughs> that's a crock of crap. So
1: <laughs> yes. All right. Good uh, job.
2: Uh, so uh, then. Now we have the Dean Douglas Razor Ramon.
1: But we start with Shawn Michaels coming out. Yes. To, did, to give Dean Douglas the title.
2: Now, did they have this whole segment on the thing you saw? Yes, I saw the whole thing. All I right. saw, Walk I me saw through many it.
1: things that we'll talk about.
2: Talk talk, talk us through it.
1: Well, so um, Dean Douglas come, hits the ring first, right? Yes. And uh, Gorilla's there. And Shawn Michaels comes out to forfeit the title belt. So they make him come out to the ring and hand it to him. And so you think like, what's up immediately as a fan, right? You're like, oh, okay, he's coming out to give him the title. Like there's something, no, nothing happened. He just came out. He kind of stalled Shawn Michaels um, in, in street clothes, but wearing a beautiful leather Pele Pele jacket. Yes. Just like, I'm like, I remember being like, why? <laughs> like, why is he not cooler? <laughs> you know, um, he comes in, he's got the black eye, uh, kayfabe or not. I don't know. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, and he looks all forlorn and sad. He he hands the title over. Uh, at that point, Dean Douglas, um, uh, you know, grabs the belt from him and 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 does his big pose. I in the crowd. Now we're eighth row. I notice the the, the camera panning the crowd, so I and I see the lights on. So I know they're filming. I immediately get on my chair and start giving him the double, giving him the fingers, yes, flipping the bird. So I'm. It's a little ways away, but I am on on camera uh, uh, giving the finger to Dean Douglas because I'm so upset.
2: Also, by the way, the crowd is so upset with Shaw Michaels' situation that as Shaw Michaels is coming down to the ring in his sexy boy music, yep. they show a picture of the ring with the hard camera. Yep. And in front of the ring, there's two dudes facing the hard camera. One guy is sitting on his friend's shoulders doing the sexy boy dance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so good. Yeah, not that shit. That was great. Yep. Sexy boy dance. And, yeah. Uh, so, so Shawn Michaels then walks back. He leaves the ring, but he has to keep stopping and looking so sadly at the belt. And he's so sad. And, you know, we've seen the Shawn Michaels doing that act. Many times
2: well and, the first um, time the first time he just left with the IC title when he the first time he forfeited it
1: <laughs> yes but you know in his babyface run yes and and you know he would you know like when he lost his smile same kind of thing he gets the big you know Shawn Michaels is so sad that he uh, that he has to give up the title and uh, then you know walks back to the the house <laughs> turns around <laughs> one last time kind of shakes his head and then and then leaves
2: and that's the last we see of him
1: and immediately Razor Ramon's music starts. Yes. He comes out. And my favorite part about this, there's two favorite parts, and I'll, I'll do the first one. I'll let you do the second one. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do both. And um, he comes out, and I just love Razor, right? He comes out, and he, and he fucking shows the four fingers. like He's like, could I be a four-time champion? And he does the big Razor shrug. And you get the feeling like it's like he doesn't give a fuck. Yep. It's like, well, maybe. Maybe I went so, so click. <laughs> <laughs> like, just... Just so click. He's like four-time champion. I don't know. So he wait. He kind of walk in the ring, and then he takes off sprinting. And so the cameraman, when they cut back to the behind shot, Razor's running to the ring, and it's shot from behind him. All of a sudden, <laughs> this fucking arm comes out and grabs at Razor's arm. It's all it's all fucking slipped. <laughs> Big ass fucking afro, like at the height of its powers.
2: And you got the biggest fucking smile on your face. You're having the greatest time, bud. It's there. The the part where uh, you're giving the double burn. I mean, it's you. Yeah, but, but you, you, you show it. Me. You show it, and people have to believe it.
1: Yeah, because it's kind of a dude with a bit longer hair, curly. Yeah, I'd have to say that's me, and it is me. But but, but grabbing
2: Razor Ramon's arm, it's unmistakably oh. me.
1: And it's like you're so happy. Of course, like in heaven.
2: The razor, Touch his arm. So razor. <laughs> so the match was shit terrible uh it was 11 minutes and one second um like let me i'm gonna because i think melzer can describe the ending of this match Go more ahead. than me uh because it was weird uh let's see what happened here uh mm, 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 mm. all right the last two minutes were very good with some nice moves and near falls before a flat finish where yep. Ramon used a back suplex and both fell down. Yep. Razor had his arm draped on Douglas, and the ref counted three. The ring announcer did the tease, saying the winner and the IC champ, Razor Ramon. So it was kind of like re, re, uh, Douglas didn't even get any heat in this match.
1: And uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was poorly done.
2: And then they do this back suplex spot, and it's weird because. When Razor takes him up for the suplex, he's almost in the middle of the ring. He and walks he, him over. He, he carries him to the ropes. He drops him on his back. They're both lying on their back. Razor Ramon drapes his arm over Dean Douglas. They do the pinfall. Douglas slides his leg under the rope and outside the ring.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not a legal pin.
2: The ref counts three. The crowd doesn't react because it's totally unexpected. Yep. And then they do the whole, it's like, oh, the winner is yep. Razor Ramon. And it's just like... Uh, basically, the uh, the reaction was, all right. Okay. That was it. Eric, Razor's the champ for the fourth time. Yeah.
1: It made no sense. The whole thing made no sense.
2: It was very, very bad.
1: Putting the title on Razor made no sense.
2: And then we got the main event. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Diesel against the British Bulldog. Yep. Uh, this match was 18 minutes and 14 seconds, I will admit. I fast forwarded uh, ten minutes. Yeah, I, I
1: I I was doing something else when I was watching this.
2: I watched everything else, but I know I like there's no fucking way.
1: It's so bad.
2: Uh, let's see, what do I have here? Okay, so before the match, now Bret Hart comes out to do commentary.
1: Got to get yeah, Bret comes out in so a slanky na- Hitman jersey. By the way,
2: he's wearing a Calgary Hitman jersey. The crowd is pops super big for him because he's the biggest yep. star in the in the place. He sure is. <laughs> Jerry Lawler, who's been doing commentary, runs away, and it's super immature. Like <laughs> Brett chases Lawler around the ring and down the aisle. Then he goes back yeah. to the table, and then Lawler like sneaks up to the ring again, and Bret Hart <laughs> runs after him again, like three times. And
1: it was like it was like they feuded like like six months earlier, but it's and like, it was over.
2: It was like such kid stuff. Yeah, like that. That's one of those things. There's a few on this show, what you know, I'd, I'd, I'm not embarrassed to be a wrestling fan, but there are moments where someone was in the room with me. You'd be like, I'd Absolutely. be like, yeah, that's, that's what I like. That's, that's, that's terrible. What I
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: um, also, before the match, Doc Hendricks tries to sell a Dudes with Attitudes shirt. Oh, yes! Like, what a terrible shirt. Um,
1: oh, that's Shawn, Shawn Michaels and Diesel were two dudes with attitudes.
2: Between Diesel and uh, British Bulldog, I wrote so many tassels. I know Diesel down both
1: sides of his, of his of his leather pants Yeah, Bulldog all over his boots
2: All over his boots and, and his, his armbands Yep, yep. Um, So let's see here Diesel pie faces Bret Hart At one point He tumbles out of the ring And, and kind of leans up against the announce table And Bret yep. Hart kind of like tries to help him up And, and he gets pie faced by Diesel yep. Which is like one of the only things That they end up uh, showing from this pay-per-view
1: no, that's it. Because like, it led up to their match at the next paper.
2: Basically, the the uh, Michael surrendering the title and this pie face are the two things that are the legacy of the show. Yep. Um, at one point when Bret Hart is doing commentary, they put a graphic on the screen. <laughs> voice of Bret Hitman Hart. <laughs> yeah, like, instead like, of just
1: showing him talking.
2: Or like, because you wouldn't know it's Bret Hart. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? You know. Jesus um, Christ. Bulldog works on Diesel's like forever...
1: Oh, it's so boring.
2: Then I fast-forwarded. When I come back, still working the leg.
1: Just bad wrestling.
2: There's a... There's a a sp- real clash of styles. There was a spot where the Bulldog tries to put the sharpshooter on, and he fucks it up. And I just wrote, like, why can't pro wrestlers put on the sharpshooter? I don't know. I don't know. Like, Brett and Sting are the only ones who do it properly almost all the time. Owen Skoen wasn't bad. Owen was good, too. Yeah. But everyone else, like The Rock... Yeah, Steve I know. Austin, British Bulldog, all. Benoit br- couldn't do it. Benoit, like, they put on such bad sharpshooters. Yep. And, like, I could put on a sharpshooter.
1: Oh, I know. It's not hard.
2: But, uh, no, it, it just looked bad. Yep. Um, Diesel barely starts making his comeback when Bret Hart gets involved. Yep. He, uh, the Bulldog slaps the headphones off Bret Hart's face. So Bret Hart beats up the Bulldog for a DQ. And that's it. It just yep. ends. That's it. Eighteen it minutes. Eighteen minutes of fucking around, and then yep. Diesel barely gets his comeback. Bret Hart jumps the Bulldog. Disqualification.
1: And done. Yep. Uh, uh, geek- uh, the 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 inside scoop was Vince was not happy.
2: I'll, I'll read that. Okay. Uh, but I'll also the end of the show, all these geeks come in to break up the pull-apart brawl. Yeah,
1: pull Park brawl
2: between Bret Hart and Diesel. It.
1: The Polo Park brawl.
2: Uh, yeah, and so uh, there's the geeks. Are pulling oh, you said pull apart. Yeah, I thought you were saying polo park. Oh no 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 no! Because it
1: literally was a polo park brawl. It was a
2: polo park brawl. No no the pull apart nice. the, <laughs> the polo park
1: brawl the polo park brawl.
2: Yeah, they 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 uh, pull them apart, and then uh, the ma- the 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 thing just goes off the air. Yeah, uh, well, so,
1: they were they were bumping up against the two hours.
2: Here's what. Uh, no, they weren't. But they weren't. No, they had like ten no. minutes left. Really? Yeah. Okay. So wow. here's here's what Meltzer wrote. Just as the cameras faded to black signifying the end of In Your House, uh, a disgusted Vince McMahon threw down his glasses and his headset and said the words, horrible, as he walked to the uh, back with Jim Ross while a pull-apart brawl with, Pull Brett, apart, yeah. with Bret Hart and Diesel was still going on in the ring. Uh, seconds later, as the brawl ended, Diesel, the person McMahon had planned to build this company around one year earlier, was being booed out of the building, yep. yet another in the long line of failed experiments in his quest to find a new Hulk Hogan. The virtually unanimous crowd reaction to Diesel, after yet another unimpressive main event match, seems to make it only logical that Bret Hart is destined to have a career similar to the man who he's being compared with, uh, uh with results and outbursts, Ric Flair. Yep. Like Flair, hard as the everybody man- wants. Yeah, like Flair, hard is the man p- uh, picked to pick up the pieces time after time when experiments of creating new world champions that will be the next big thing in wrestling end up with declining box office figures. There it is. There you go. Uh, although the poll would indicate otherwise, as this was the worst poll reaction to a WWF show in history. <laughs> yes, I'd say it was very bad, but not overly offensive or horrible. Based on the reaction and not just the percentage, but the uh, vehemence of negative complaints about the show, it was one of the worst reactions to any show in a long time. <laughs> so good. It after, was a bad show. After I'm... the show ended, by the way, uh Henry Godwin beat Sid. He pinned him. Yeah, I remember that. Uh Lawler did a five-minute monologue insulting Winnipeg, and in particular, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers football team. Which yep. got far more heat than anything else on the show. Yep. Lawler and Skip, who was scheduled to face Akushi in a dark match that never took place, uh were in Isaac Yankum's corner. Yep. Bret while, Hart won. While Hart had Brett McNeil and Miles Gurrell of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers so good. in his I, corner.
1: I uh, just I love they they did like three dark matches.
2: Yeah, yeah. And after then, they got Owen in there too. Like Owen Hart and where Yokozuna. What the fuck was
1: Owen? Owen? Why weren't Owen and Bret... Why wasn't Sid wrestling? What the fuck?
2: Owen Hart and Yokozuna beat Savio Vega and Bam Bam Bigelow in the final when Yokozuna pinned uh, Vega after squashing him.
1: Yeah, but like seriously, Sid was there. Brett was there. Owen was there. None of them wrestled. No. Terrible.
2: Oh, my Terrible. God. It was, uh, it was a rotten fucking show. <laughs> yep. Sure was. Yeah, it was a re- bad stuff. It was very, very bad. But we were there. With
1: a real letdown.
2: Yeah and uh and started a run of like unspectacular pay-per-views. Yeah. Some of which we've reviewed. Yeah. That that we've attended.
1: We have not re- I I have not attended any 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 good pay-per-views.
2: No. We've have been... attended
1: a, a good Smackdown.
2: That's it. Like we've been to some. And that
1: was a one-match Smackdown with Benoit against Austin.
2: It really was. Yeah. Uh so that was in your house 4. Wow. I know. Yeah.
1: The best the best parts were the fucking uh, slip on the on the screen uh, with his loving grab of Razor's arm. That was my highlight for me.
2: Um I'm trying to think of what my favorite uh moment. I mean obviously that has to me. Be your
1: favorite moment? You're on camera on a WWF event. That's got to be it. <laughs> I still got to track down the Smackdown we were on. I got to see if the jizz sign got on on air. Yes. <laughs> Actually and that,
2: those two events we went in 2001. You know what? Those have, I'm trying to think those won't be on the network yet. No, those need to be reviewed. They really do because those were amazing events. Yeah, they
1: were because it was like it was two. It was it was uh what so, early summer of was it June two thousand one May 2001. May two
2: thousand and one.
1: Yeah, I came out to you were living in Edmonton. I came out. We went to Calgary. We went back to Edmonton to watch SmackDown. We dressed as Luchos, <coughs> space samurais at the second event at, at the SmackDown because we had floor seats, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm convinced I got a, a sign on air that said jizz i'm convinced, I'm convinced <laughs> i saw it on on air
2: um so i don't uh, i forgot i made all the intros but i forgot closing songs so uh here we go Play this good stuff play some uh dandy warhols not bad and uh so this is episode 19 we're we're sticking around we're recording for next week's and the week after show we got a big one coming up, folks. What? A, just give a give a quick preview. If
1: you if you want to know uh, our, our favorite artists of all time, you're gonna fucking find out.
2: <laughs> Twenty five each. Oh Jesus! Because it's gonna be fun. Lots we, of good tunes. Because we love overdoing things. Yep. And uh, so, anyways, uh, stick around for that and for results from the tournament. Go to mezza Nine Sleepover on Twitter. Yes. And vote because the semis and the finals and the quarters are all this week. Nice. So, uh, anyways, we'll see you all in a week. See you week later. In- it's a- b- 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 I'm glad you like my two.